This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or sometimes, well, we just want to talk about them. Uh, I'm your host this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host, Alice Oliver. Alice. Hello. You all right? Yeah, good. Ex- all right. Excited. All right. Yeah, I'm alright, yeah. Did you say, am I tired? Why, why, no, are you excited? Well, are you tired? Said, am I are you tired? tired? Like, are you tired? tired? No, I feel I great. Know. You're in I another room. <laughs> in a different house. <laughs> I'm <laughs> um, fine, I'm not tired, but yeah, I'm very you excited. Just, you've just been on holiday? I have been on holiday to lovely yes. Norfolk. It was lovely beautiful. Norfolk. Yeah, yeah, very nice. And yes. of course, uh, I must say, not to let people behind the curtain, but happy St. David's Day. Oh, indeed, uh, yes. Dith Goyle Dewi, Dewi Sant. Dith Goyle Dewi, Happy Sipaub. My hen lad van hardian. I don't know all the words. And that's the perfect opportunity to bring in our very bewildered (laughs) guest for this week. Um, (laughs) Pav, how are you doing? You okay? What the hell is going on? Well, Alice. I just need to check, it. Alice. Uh, you, you can't smell burnt toast or anything. I'm just wondering whether or not you're having a stroke or something. Then, just you okay? Uh, no, you mentioned it. I'm good. I'm Think good. fast. Think fast. Just listen. Uh, I know. Fast, I know indeed. the Welsh language is, you know, it's a colourful language. Doesn't always come across, you know, like you're speaking actual words. But that those were true. genuine words. I was saying. I promise. Wonderful. Well, happy St David's Day to Thank everybody. Thank you. I appreciate that. all of the everyone out there. Um, yeah. How are you doing, Pav? You okay? I'm doing all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. Um, I've just realised. Right. So, I do, well, do, do you need to do a little thing about saying what the movie is we're talking about today? Yeah, we do, haven't even mentioned it, have we? Yeah, but no. it depends. What were you going to say, Pav? Well, something. I've just put on my shirt. Right, I've got a baseball yeah. shirt on, Indeed. which I've had. I've had since 1991. Mm. When I went to LA with my brother, I bought this because it has Jackson on the back. Mm. Mm. And so, so what is it? 1991. That is 32 years ago mm-hmm. that I bought this. Adamant that this was a shoeless Joe Jackson shirt. <laughs> yeah, sure. I just did a little bit of research, and it's not. It's Reggie Jackson. Uh, <laughs> is it not the wrong mainly, team? Exactly, because it's New York Yankees, <laughs> where it should have been. I'm not sure who shoeless Joe played for. The Cubs and the White Sox. It was the White, White Sox, Sox he played for. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so well, I've learned something already in the fact that this shirt that I've been proudly had in my think, in um, my cupboard, thinking it was a shoeless shirt. It's a Field of Dreams shirt. Do you think the warranty has gone on that now? I don't think I'm going to get a refund. No, I really doubt yeah. that the shop in LA is still there. Possibly. Oh, that in, in 1991, if you paid whatever for that, it would be worth a tenth of that now. It probably is. Yeah, so anyway, but, that uh, <laughs> that leads us on nicely to this week's film, which is Field of Dreams from Pav 1989. Uh, I believe it was, yes. 1989, good year, good year. Um, it was a great I, year. I, 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 was, I was born, born that year. Alice oh, born, Christ so. almighty, now <laughs> yeah. I feel really old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go to LA in 1991, it's like, yeah. oh, I was Let's just play two years old. What makes Pav old? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Everything. <okay. laughs> Um, so Field of Dreams uh, you know if you've not seen it spoilers for Field of Dreams but Pav so you guys pick this between you right so Alice well, you, you, you so it was your turn to pick yes so sort of a classic sort of it's a joint effort you two are, you pincer movement towards me insisting <laughs> that I like this film in sort of, sort of some sort of long planned out saw trap of a podcast episode Alice so what's <laughs> it about why did you pick it and, and why did you get Pav involved so Again. well, so it's this is kind of a triple whammy. So it right. was coming up to being my turn to pick a classic. And when I was on Pav's podcast talking about top ten favorite movie quotes, one of your quotes, I believe, Pav, was from the film Field of Dreams. And you started Indeed. talking about it, and you you lit up when you started talking about it, and it sounded like you had a real passion for it. And I was like, I knew the name, and I. I didn't really know what it was about, but when you said the quote, I recognised that, and I knew that Kevin Costner was in it, I think, so I was like, oh, you know what? I reckon that's probably a classic, so I'm going to pick that as my next classic. But because you'd suggested it, that also makes it a listener suggestion, and because you're here with us right now, <laughs> it's also a guest episode. So this is the first time this has ever happened, so we've got the triple whammy, it's a classic, it's a guest, and it's a listener suggestion. I think this may be the best episode we've ever done already, and we've not even got into it. But Field of Dreams, so I'll give a bit of a summary about it, but Pav, please do chime in at the end if you feel I've missed anything. So, Field of Dreams is a sport fantasy drama film with Kevin Costner as the lead. He plays Ray Kinsella, a man with serious daddy issues who starts to hear a voice that tells him, if you build it, he will come. This, along with a vision he has of a baseball field, convinces him to dig up part of his cornfield in Iowa to build a baseball field. The ghost of shoeless Joe Jackson then appears on the field and eventually brings along some of his ghost buddies to play games of baseball. After the trials and tribulations of the film that involve James Earl Jones, Ray's dead dad appears on the field and has a catch with his son, seemingly setting Ray free from any regrets and fears that he had about his life and death. Is that, did I do That's that just so, That yeah. is pretty yeah. good. Good. Yeah. Thank so, you, Pav. Obviously, we're saying this is a classic. So the ratings we will look at, but we are here to decide, is Field of Dreams a classic? Pav, you on board with that? Are we, are we saying classic? That's what we're going uh, into this with. It's been, in all the movie top tens that we've done, like the greatest movies, movie quotes, um, well, Kevin Costner movies, which was one that has just come out, Wow, a whole um, category for Kevin. Yeah. A whole category for Kevin. And it and it did re-spark my love for Kevin Costner because in the he went through an amazing run of movies. Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, Untouchables, uh um, Robin Hood, uh, Dances with Wolves, No Way Out. I'm gonna include Waterworld because I think Waterworld's great. I think um, Water World is pretty good, Pav. And I'll let you in on something. It's on my list. It's on it's my on list. list. It's, it's better, better not be. It's, it's fucking better not be, Alice. 
I'll tell you what, the thing is, if you take it that, I, mean, I know we're talking about Field of Dreams, but if you take Waterworld as a fun action movie, then they're not the kind of action movies they make anymore where it's all CGI. This was massive sets, loads of fun, Dennis Hopper being an absolute, just, just chewing up the scenery, chewing up the sea. It's fantastic. But let's mm-hmm. get away from what we can talk about that we in can a few we weeks. can we can yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a few weeks oh, <laughs> <here> we <go. laughs> um, but for me kevin costner i'm sure someday we're down the line we're going to do our top 10 actors and kevin costner will be in my top three i'm pretty sure oh, wow. top, top on the podium without a doubt and at the moment i'm really kevining out on kevin costner because i'm we're into yellowstone as well at the moment and oh, it's yeah, like yeah. Oh, it's old yes. old gruff Kevin Costner, mm. but he's still mm. cool. He's still good looking. He's still the man you. I, I've always wanted to be in mm. Field of Dreams. I've always wanted his hair. Mm. To be honest, I'd have anybody's hair at the moment. <laughs> but in Field of Dreams, his hair is just it's excellent hair, isn't it? It's a it's good chef's barn kiss. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. It is. I didn't realize until I saw this film. We'll come on to likes of it in a minute. We're talking about his hair. I didn't realize in this film how much young Kevin Costner looks a lot like young Bradley Cooper. Mm, I'll give you, you that. Look at them next to each yeah. other when they've got the swept back hair and the blue eyes. Yeah. Oh, tell you what. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But it's, good. it's everything. I mean, you say about a perfect movie, this for me, every single part of the movie, whether it's the script, the music, I had the, the soundtrack. The soundtrack is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. The music on, on its own will make you tear up. It's got, like what well, Kevin Costner was at the start of his heartthrob career. This is his James Stewart moment. This movie, but he also had legends in the movie: Burt Lancaster, James mm. Earl Jones. These these mm. like mammoth people of Hollywood. And it, I don't think there's anything about the movie you can go. Well, I like that bit, but that bit's a little bit. Nah. Everything about this movie is perfect. Wow! High praise indeed. High praise in your indeed. in your top five movies of all time, it maybe? was uh, it was higher? my number three. I think in my top ten movies. Start with episode time. four, episode five, episode no, six. No, <laughs> were, I think if I remember correctly, it was it was it was episode four was number one. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark was number two, and Great I think show. Field of Dreams Field of Dreams was number three. Wow! Um, that was our Christmas special that just went. So. Is it mm. uh, is it a coincidence that James Earl Jones is in this, or is, did that lead you down the road to find this? It was because of Kevin Costner. That oh, was is the it whole right? Point. I was I was totally in love with Kevin Costner at this point. I was watching anything that Kevin... There was a straight-to-DVD, or straight-to-video, might have been back then, the kids, you two, um, mm. video was oh, a thing where you used to put these big, <laughs> chunky tapes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, tape was something that you used to yeah. string out, you know. <laughs> you had to rewind um, called, it, it yeah, you got yeah. fucking fine from Blockbuster. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be kind, rewind. Um, and there was, a, there was a movie called The Gunrunner, um, and I bought that, never ever watched it, but I bought it because it was a very early Kevin Costner movie. So I was like just totally in the Kevin Costner zone. I zoned out a little bit sort of post The Postman. Mm. Like he lost me a bit with The Postman. Um, but then there's been a couple of other movies that I've watched of him old, but now with Yellowstone, Yellowstone, I'm right back in the Kevin Costner groove. Okay. Is this our first Kevin Costner film, Alice? Um, oh, I I would have thought so. I've definitely not picked one. I, I so so I haven't, which I'll come on to in a minute. I've never picked a Kevin Costa film, um, oh. which I which I'll come on to. 
But so it's not the last. Oh, hey, Alice. <laughs> it's not the not. last. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I want to come back for that one as well. Yeah, maybe you will. What, maybe if, you will. what, if, what if, like, you two just watch it and, like, I... And I yeah, okay. Josh can take a break. <laughs> I, can just, I, go, I can go off and watch, and watch like, something <sighs> good. Um, anyway. Well, like Ace Ventura. Um, yeah, like the second Ace Ventura. Oh, all right, all right. All right. Anyway, um, so let's get stuck into it then. So, Alice, had you seen this one before? I had not seen it before, which Hence was a big part of the it. reason. <laughs> yes, big part of the reason why I want to pick it. We always try and pick the classics that we haven't seen, and it's then it's interesting to see sort of the either the bits of dialogue, you know, the quotes, the characters, the references, or whatever that you still see today in modern pop culture, and then you can sort of decipher. Well, that's reverberated through the decades, through the years, so mm. you can sort of assess mm. whether it's a classic or not that way. Uh, but no, hadn't seen it. Had you seen this one? I... No, no, I hadn't ah, seen good, it. So I, I knew, I knew about it. I knew what mm-hmm. it was. It's one of those films that you know, it's so it is. You could argue, and we'll come on to this in the in the deciding bit, but you could argue that it's so intrinsically linked now in in sort of culture that it is mm-hmm. a classic. You know, if they build it, they will come. That is a very well known, um, mm-hmm. very well known. Uh, sort of quotes and then i knew what it was so i knew a whole thing about it. it was a ghost of it was ghosts of um it was ghosts of baseball players and stuff like that but i'd never seen it um and i was interested to go into it uh, into it and watch it uh, because and i'll come on to this now and we'll, we'll get this bit out of the way is i'm not a big kevin costner fan <gasps> so until i watched this film i didn't think he was a very good actor okay um have thoughts? <laughs> is that because of Waterworld? Is that what no. you're basing <laughs> that, that on? No, it's yeah. um, I'd, I'd not seen loads of films. I'd seen, I'd definitely seen Dances with Wolves. I remember thinking it was really boring. <laughs> I've seen JFK. I fell asleep. Robin Hood is a it's great a film. To be Robin fair, Hood, JFK is yeah. long. Robin Hood is a great film in which he is shit. Uh, well, he's not shit. It's just that it's just like commit to an accent, Kev. No, no, uh, no. That's, it that's is a brilliant issue. film. I love yeah. Prince of Thieves. I love. But you Prince have of to put you have to put that to one side again. Mm. Robin Hood is very much like Waterworld. It's a great romp. Yeah, mm. it's a great. It's a good old fashioned Sunday afternoon action film. It, it is, really it is. is, and it's that you know, it's the bit where he's like they're pulling up at Dover, and he's like, "I'm home," and you're like, yeah. "Where, where, where are you from?" Like. <laughs> And then, they, yeah. and then they walk. Then they walk to Nottingham in twenty minutes. Twenty uh, minutes, easy. We've all done it. Easy. Um, they go over that wall. Easy. A, yeah, over Hadrian's Wall, which is um, hundreds of miles uh, north of Nottingham. But anyway, but I just never really. I've never seen anything. I don't. I've just never rated him. I've never seen anything. And I'm like, I can see why this guy. Oh, I've tried to watch The Bodyguard as well, which, you know. You're not really watching that for Kevin Costner. Are you? It's you know, it's about the two of them and the soundtrack, isn't it? But um, so so, and also, I I thought he was I thought he was quite miscast in Man of Steel as well. Um, Do you think? I thought he was the well, best thing about Man of Steel. No, because it depends. I don't know what it is about. I, I think. Do you know what? It's probably not his fault. I think what annoys me about that film. Spoilers. Skip ahead one minute if you're not seen Man of Steel. Is that Superman could save him? Oh yeah, without a doubt. So that the whole point of Jonathan Kent dying is that he has a heart attack and Superman can't yeah, save him, can't and save it's him. like yeah. you can't save everybody. Yeah. Mm. But in that, he's like, oh no, just like, just like let me die in this big tornado, and it's like that's not the point. But anyway, yeah. uh, anyway, yeah. so I was interested to go in this, and I have to say, and I'll come on to what Alice liked in a minute, but he, he changed my mind in this film. Okay. Um, okay. But I'll, but I'll, but I'll come to you first, Alice. So, what did you think initially? What did you like about it? Uh, so I thought it was wonderful. 
I really oh, did. Wonderful. There was, I, there's so much that I liked about this film, and we'll go through some of it now, but I couldn't fit it all into this list. Um, so I think the world building in this is brilliant. So I really enjoyed the opening sequence where we find out all about Ray and his dad through the use of photographs, archive footage, and voiceover. So the voiceover is really well written. It tells you everything you need to know without it being too formulaic or it just feeling like heartless exposition dumping. Like even though you don't know anything yet about these characters and the story, you start to really care about them very early on. And it feels like there's a lot of heart in the words used. And Kevin Costner puts a good amount of emotion behind what he's saying. So it has a really strong impact. And it means that by the time we get into the meat of the film, you feel like you already understand why Ray would do what he does and why he's so impacted by certain things. Um, it's so much funnier than I thought it was going to be, like, uh, but not in the sort of big jokes, laugh out loud sort of way. It's just certain remarks and interactions between the characters, mostly between Ray and his wife, Annie, who just seem to have such a deep and significant connection to one another. You really believe their bond, I think, and their relationship. Um, and James Earl Jones is really funny in this, but again, it's not about big jokes or gags or anything like that. Like it's all to do with the way in which he interacts with Ray. And when they first meet, so Ray turns up at his flat and that whole interaction there mm. is just so entertaining and their whole dynamic and their chemistry with one another was really interesting to watch, I thought. Do you regard this as a comedy path? Like, do you think I, of it as a comedy? I, I think I, I think of it as a fantasy film. That's, yeah. that's what it is. But it's got great, like you say, when, when, um, Ray Kinsella and Terrence Mann first meet and Ray basically kidnaps him to get him to, <laughs> to a baseball field, a baseball game. And he sticks his hand in his pocket like he's got a, he's got a gun. And he, yeah, he said, you got to come with me. And, and then yeah. he get, he picks up a baseball bat and he says, oh, no, no, there's no rules here. He said, he said oh, you got to come with me. You got to come with me. And he's, he's like, no, I'm going to beat you over the head with this baseball bat until you, <laughs> until you leave. And he goes, you're a pacifist. <laughs> oh, shit. And he gets him. <laughs> But it's, I, there are moments in the movie, like you said, the the interaction between um, Amy Madigan and I think they're they're at a book, a school meeting, aren't they? The parents, about the um, parents even to ban thing. the book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this woman says, "Oh, well, you, you you know, your husband was a stupid ass and played under his corn. Oh, you want to yeah. take it outside?" And they start <laughs> almost fighting. There's some great moments in it, but it that's the thing about the movie is it's perfect in the fact that it couples. That opening scene with the again, it's that there's the th the main theme of the music, which is just heartbreaking and beautiful. But it's played by just a simple piano while he's talking about his father and he's talking about what his what his father did and about the 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 history of the the White Sox and the whole um, when they were I think was it Eight Men Eight Men Out was the movie that I think was the about the about when the band they players. Yes, and that, yeah, that's yeah. who Shoeless Joe was part of. He was part mm. of, and he ended up getting banned because he cheated, basically, and his dad lost all... Uh, oh, I, can't, I can't remember the quote. I should have had it in my top ten quotes. <laughs> but it was, but it, was, it was the quote about that he couldn't, he couldn't respect a man that was a... That his, that's right, he couldn't respect a man whose hero was a criminal. Yeah. And that was, yes. what, that was what his yeah. son thought about his father. Uh, so it, it couples. One minute you're laughing... The next minute you could be just like tears in your eyes or a lump in your throat. Uh, that's the, one of the reasons I think that's what makes a film perfect, that it can make you feel different things at the turn of a hat from, a, from mm. one scene to another. And I've always said, I mean, it's weird because the other movie we came on for this was Swiss Army Man. Mm -hmm. And when you talk to someone, they say, oh, what's the movie about? And you say, oh, that's about Harry Potter as a, a dead fighting corpse. <laughs> right. Okay. 
this one, whenever anyone said to me, what's it about? I said, it was about a guy that, that builds a baseball field and ghosts come and visit him. They go, well, that sounds shit. That's saying, I said, just watch it. And yeah. nine times out of 10, people will say, that's the most beautiful film I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you've, got, you've got to give it a chance. You've got to get away from what people say that the movie is about and just take the whole experience in. I think it's, it's funny you mentioned there, Alice, about is it, is it a comedy? Because I think for me, one of the real successes of this film is that it falls into that category of, of um, broad appeal via the use of really balanced genre signifiers. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you think of there's lots of other films, like what comes to mind? So films that you, th- you think, yeah, it is this, but it's also this. There's loads of films that are like that. Any You can name any successful blockbuster and it will always be like a bit funny, a bit this, a bit that. But for example, if you think of this or you think of Ghostbusters or Blues Brothers or something maybe like Mrs. Doubtfire, where it's like it's funny, but it's also heartbreaking, but it's also got a message and it's also got that. And I think that's one of the successes of this film is it's like the characters are so likable. You, you, you want them, to, you want him and his wife to succeed because they're so likable. But on the other hand, it is really funny. That's what makes you like them. And then there's wider appeal. And there's also issues and themes that the film deals with that definitely plays to to everybody, but certainly mm. a lot of people, if it's not everybody. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's that's... That's one of the successes of the film. Um, it's, it's, it's a Capra movie. That's what it yes. is. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a wonderful it is, life. Yeah, it's that, that kind of movie. Yeah, it's Singing in the Rain, it's, it's, which isn't Capra, I know, but like something yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what else did you like, Alice? Uh, so I loved the ambiance and the feel of the baseball field scenes. So I found something so soothing and cathartic about this floodlit baseball pitch in a cornfield on a hot summer's night in Iowa. Like I wanted to be there, like they designed it so well. And I think that links really nicely to the fact that obviously one of the main themes that we're dealing with in this film is death and the afterlife. And this was really like a little piece of heaven for Ray, for the ghosts and for me as the viewer. Oh. I just thought it was. I wanted to be there, sitting on those bleachers, mm. watching, watching. Feels those games. like it's got like a. It feels like when they're on the pitch, it's got like a wash to it. Oh like, yeah, definitely. Like you're, like you're in. It's almost like you you go from the real world into that world, and it's almost like you're entering into a photograph or something like that. That's mm. like it's got that sepia tone to it. But anyway, Pav, let's come to you because I know you must have loads and loads to say on this. So let rip. What what do you love about this film? Let's hear it. Right, that's that's enough. Right, that's, no. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, there isn't really much more I can say about apart from the fact that it is a perfect movie. Now, I love old Hollywood. That's one of the I love old Hollywood. So to have someone like Burt Lancaster in it, and I did have a little look at some of the facts and figures about the movie, and it was weird because I was thinking about this today at work, just in getting my head up ready for the tonight, thinking to myself, James Stewart would have been perfect. Mm. as um as Archibald you know Moonlight Graham uh, and I found out on one of the little bits of research that I did that the director originally wanted James Stewart mm-hmm. but he hadn't acted for like 10 years at the point so uh they I mean I mean what a shame they got Burt Lancaster instead because yeah. his final <laughs> I think his final movie appearance I think so yeah and the fa- and what I love about his um appearance in that the opening shot of him is just about as Spielberg as you can get. He's sort mm. of backlit with this, the, the tingly sort of ding, 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 sort of sound going on as he turns around very mysterious. And you think, fucking hell, it's Burt Lancaster. Oh my God, it's Burt Lancaster. And he's not in it for long, but there is a little bit of weirdness when it comes to um, his character because 
Terence Mann and uh, Ray Kinsella are, are on a road trip. They're on their way home and they pick up this young boy and it's Archibald Graham. It's him again, but him as a young boy. So that's the It's a Wonderful Life kind of moment of it. You know, it's mm. the things aren't, it's not supposed to be realistic. It's a fantasy. And I, th- I don't think they make movies like this anymore. You know, it felt for me, sorry, Pav, it felt for me, and this might just be reflective of just the types of movies I've seen and my limited experience or whatever, but it felt like it might be the most unique film I've ever seen, like to take the themes that it does to be the genre that it is with this kind of sci-fi fantasy edge to it, but to be just about what, like a guy in his cornfield in Iowa it just, I, I didn't yeah. know, I did not know where it was going to go at no. any moment. Like it was, it wasn't like the most, it's so difficult to try and explain. Like it wasn't super complex or anything, but I still didn't know what what was the point. Like what was the point of anything? Like where is it going? And what they did with it, I just felt like the whole way through, I just felt like I've never seen anything like this before. And then sometimes something really funny would happen. I'd be like, this is so funny as well. Like mm. how is it doing all these different things at once? It's like... It's like this kind of social drama thing. It's all about kind of love and loss and death and grief and having regrets in your life. But also there's ghosts. Like it's just, it was wacky as hell. But yeah. And it's it the fact worked. that like, Amy Madigan, who plays his wife, is the is the sort of, it's probably us, is the baseline. So she's the person telling him that she believes in him. But if you keep doing this, we're going to lose our farm. Mm. You know, we're going to lose where we live and or we're going to have to rely on my slimy brother and uh, and his business associates to bail us out and you're almost when it gets to the point that Kevin Costner has built this wonderful baseball field and plowed up half of his corn and keeps looking out even at Christmas is looking out on the field thinking something's going to happen I know that something's mm. going to happen and it gets to the point that she's saying look you know, really, we there's nothing we can do now. We need to get rid of it. And you're sort of, I, I can remember the first time watching it, you can side with her. You're thinking, yeah. And even Kevin Costner's character starts thinking she's right. And mm. then his daughter comes in and goes, dad, there's, there's a man out on your lawn. And that whole scene, that for me, it was the first moment of the, the tears starting to well in the eyes because he realizes that the magic has worked. And mm. he also knows that it is magic because Shoeless Joe can't come into his world. He has to go into back on the baseball is Shoeless Joe's world. He can't mm. go past the white line and he realizes that. But it's also that first time when he's got the ball and he says to himself, like in a commentator's voice, I'm pitching to Shoeless Joe Jackson. And he's like, it, this it's, but that's also that little bit of misdirect as you think that's who he's talking about. If you build it, he will come. It's Shoeless yeah. Joe Jackson. They're going to right his wrongs. And all of the other, what was the other ones? Uh, go the distance. And there's another one. And there's Is another. There's something like about you... don't let it eat away at you or something. Or... Oh, uh, oh, that, oh, oh, that's going to bug me now. It's go the distance. It's going to eat away at you. It's go the distance. That wasn't it. I don't <laughs> so think. It's going to oh. eat away at you. Is it something in, in that ilk, though, isn't it? it? Is. Like, it's, it's something if you build like it, that. If you build it, he will come. Go the distance. Ease his pain. Ease his pain. It, Ease his it. pain. That's kind of that's sort of what I said. Yeah, so, I mean, just yeah, a little bit more succinct, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you had, like, the Mariah Carey vocals of that particular thing. You did, like, all the different notes where you could just oh, no, do yeah. three notes. Yeah, Tried to get there. Yeah, that was good, though. Well done, Alex. Thank you. Um, but, but, yeah, so it's... 
all of those things you can think of, that means it's something to do with Shoeless Joe Jackson. It's something to do with Terrence Mann. And that's what Kevin Costner's character thinks it is. You know, he's going, when they're, they're, do, they're at the school meeting, whatever you want to call it, he's there just doodling on his, he eases pain, eases pain. And then he realizes that it's, it's about Terrence Mann. And there's no reason why it should be, but in, in his mind, that's what it is. That's his next mission. He has to go and get Terrence Mann, take him to a baseball field because something is going to happen. So it ends up being a road trip movie as well, mm. which is, um, it's so, like you say, it's so many different movies. You can't put it into one. I call it a fantasy movie. That's why I've always called it. There isn't anything else I can say. It's just a perfect movie, Josh. It just is. A perfect movie. A perfect movie. It's funny how you mentioned how you don't you don't feel like they make films like this anymore because to some extent I'd agree with you there, but I think they're starting to I think they're starting to creep back in. I think that everything everywhere all at once. Is the first film that came to mind is there like a film yep. that sort of it, it mixes all the genres and it's got fantasy elements, but it also is ultimately about Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A feeling that everybody has, mm. but it's mm. dressed up in everything else. Swiss Army yeah. Man. Swiss Army Man's another one. Yeah, which like, same, yeah, same, direct, yeah. same director. It's like yeah. directors. Sort of director. Lean into this kind of this mild fantasy. Like it doesn't always have to be, you know, dragons and wizards and magic and all that. I love all that, but not everything has to be that. No. So you can do these sort of like. I guess diet fantasy, mild fantasy, where it's just like, oh yeah, everything's normal. There's just this one thing that's different. It's like, oh yeah, they're just in Iowa and everything's normal, but there are ghosts yeah. and they can only come to this baseball field. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But there's opportunity in that, I think. And I think if we start going down that route, we might get a couple of decades of really interesting films because things were getting a bit repetitive. 
Yeah. So it would be nice, nice to breathe some breathe saying, some new say, life into the industry. So you say to me, Alice. Say you think comic book movies are repetitive. Say it. Go on. I think what's repetitive? Comic book movies. Say it. Say you think that people smashing the shit out of cities for twenty minutes at the end of the film is repetitive. Listen, it's hella repetitive. But I do still enjoy them. It's fine. Like it's fine, and there's a place for them. But, but it's not wrong, do, is it? No, it's new, not. It's not, it's not wrong. It is, it, it, it's, and and it's come so unlike other genres, it's come so thick and fast. It's got mm. older really quickly. Whereas it took ages for like you know sci-fi films to come and go or westerns to come and go. Whereas this, they went, do you want to do, do you like comic book films? Yeah, they're all right. Yeah. About five a year. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then eight TV shows <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, back to your point. No, I think that's a really good point, which is it's it's that sort of film that appeals to a real a real part of human nature that um, that a lot of films don't appeal to anymore. But I do think that, that they're starting to. Okay then, so let's move on to things that we might change about the film or that we perhaps didn't like about the film. Now, I, I don't get the impression there's going to be loads, but let's see if we've got anything. I'll come to you first, Alice. Is there anything? Are you going to break Pav's heart? Pav thinks this is perfect. Is it perfect? Is anything I got perfect? two words for you. No. Chewing tobacco. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I could hate live that, without that. Yeah. I could live without Mouth that. Mouth noises. Monch, 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 spit. Monch, <laughs> monch, monch, spit. Brown sludge coming out. You Too know much what? Information, it was only, Alice. It was only <laughs> that was just my Saturday night. Um, hey. It was. It was only one guy. <laughs> I got the ding. <laughs> um. It was only one guy, to be fair, and he only did it a few times. Like, it wasn't super reoccurring. So, you know, I, I could live with it, but yeah, I wasn't a fan as soon as it happened. Um, the other thing was, this isn't really a dislike, but a moment of confusion, shall we say. So I was confused after the moment that Karen, she's kind of pushed off the bleachers by Ray's brother-in-law and nearly dies, right? Because she nearly chokes on her hot dog. And then everyone just gets over that moment really quickly. And I found that a little bit jarring. Thoughts? Have? Well, she was. was it, she, she was okay. She lived. She was, but she was like. <laughs> she, it was so, like she. He pushed her off the bleachers. This grown man, her uncle. Is it? Is it not meant to be off. that she falls because he's trying to push Kevin Costner? I think. I feel like he really grabs her, doesn't he? He's like. He's like. What are you doing to your daughter? She's going mad because she can see the ghosts as well. He grabs her and says like she's gone crazy or something. And then yeah, she I think falls. they sort of like yeah, and Kevin they tussle. Kevin Costner and uh, that guy tussle, and then she yeah. sort of falls off. But I think it's because of the whole thing. What what always made me laugh about that moment is she is literally choking on a hot dog yeah and his uh, and uh, his wife is sort of going oh my god quick get, get some help so she's still choking kevin costner stands up and goes wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute because he sees the young uh, archibald graham who's a doctor but he's young he can't so he has to change into old archibald graham the doctor so while his daughter's life is ebbing away as she is clasping for any breath she can get because of this stuck wiener in her mouth. <laughs> Why? Box he's going, he's going, wait, just wait a second, please. No, the face is blue. It doesn't matter. Just wait a second because there's a guy over here that might be able to, that can, that can just put his hands and fingers in her mouth and pop mm. this sausage out. Anybody could do that. That's so ding that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just do the Heimlich, right? Or something. Like it exactly. was just a bit. But no, we've got to wait for this guy to change first before mm. he comes in. 
Um, but then, so I'm, I'm assuming that everybody is so like their, their minds are blown because of this. She's all right. Don't worry about that. But we've just okay. seen this guy change from like a 16 year old to a 70 year old. What mm. the hell's going on? And then but at that point, the brother-in-law can also see, you know, when did all these ball players get here? Mm. So he's now a believer as well. But the, the brother-in-law is a proper late 80s movie antagonist. Oh, he? without a doubt. He's just yeah. like, what does he do for a job? Business. Of course. Business. Yeah. I'm the yeah. businessman yeah. doing my, the business. My partners. Your partners in what? Business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a great man, moment when he's... job? <laughs> he's, he's walking uh, across the the baseball diamond and they just pitch a ball just before because he obviously can't see any of the baseball yeah, yeah. players and he's going hi everyone and the ball just misses him and then they the guy's swinging the bat and they go to try and grab him that's a great moment I, I've always wanted to look to see if there was an actual ball or whether that I mean that's that, I mean the guy get one of those in the side of the head and you're going to know it but. oh yeah mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen the brother in anything else either he's he was in 30 right. something 30 something the old uh, 80s oh. TV show I I, I, you're, you, you guys are too young for that <laughs> I you thought still... you meant the film I'm sure yeah. there's a film called you were, 30 something you were watching were Rod Holland and Emu at that yeah. time I, I mean we're too young who? for that as well I bet you are Thomas the Sank Engine tell me that you don't you must know who Rod Holland and Emu are yeah I know they fell off a roof or whatever yeah yeah well Rod Hull did yeah he was the green yeah, is it the green bird? It's an, yeah, it's Squeaky an emu. Squeaky green bird with a childish... No, 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 you're thinking of Keith Harris and Orville. Rod Hull was... Different the one creepy had, puppet, Alice. Yeah, he had a big emu, yeah. and he used to grab people by the... And then just grab them by the face. He was, oh, what, think, think David Brent. Think David Brent in The Office. Oh, yeah. But There's no, that, I don't know that, the emu. This, um, but yeah, because also all the way through it, when young Archie was in it, I was like, who's, I know him. What's he been in? And it's the guy from Pulp Fiction, isn't it? It is. Look at the big brain on bread. It's that is, guy, yeah. isn't it? See what again, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and he also, he was also in JFK as well. He was one of the oh. decoy um, Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, well. Yeah, I fell asleep. So, so you go your yeah. favourite, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, movie. Anything else, Alice, apart from the chewing tobacco? Because you don't like chewing tobacco. You don't, don't like, like mouth chewing. noises. There's no fish just, in it, so I, I can't. There's no fish yeah. in it, so that was nice. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I just wish people didn't have mouths. I don't want to see you chewing. I don't want to see you eating. I don't want to see nothing. Chewing gum, fucking gross. Do that, all that. Um, and So just something I noticed. This isn't a dislike, but I, I suppose I would call it maybe a bit of a surprise. So it was surprising, I think, how prominent and how early on the build it and he will come line is in there. So Mm. I knew that this quote was associated with the film and I thought it might be in slightly like a more subtle way or that it would at least happen a bit later on in the film once the main part of the story had really got going. But it's pretty much straight away after that sort of initial opening montage and it's so prominent. Like it wasn't something profound that someone was thinking or something that held loads of emotional weight later in the film. Like it was immediate and it was this disembodied voice whispering, build it and he will come. So I think in my head, I was just expecting more of a build up to it for, and for it to be like this moment sort of two thirds the way through the film where suddenly realizes, oh, I need to build it and then he'll come sort of thing. But so I was just so surprised that it was just so, it was instant. 
it was like the film started and we were like, build it and he will come. And I was like, oh, already? Like, <laughs> fucking hell, I didn't need to get used to this first. Sitting down in your um, seat with your popcorn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, right, okay. Yeah, like, it would be like if they said, like, you know, Luke, uh, I am your father or, you know, the force, may the force be with you, like in the first five minutes of the film. It's just a bit like, whoa, wasn't expecting it just then. Um, so that yeah. was just a bit of a surprise, but not not a dislike, obviously, but just I was a bit like, it was a little bit jarring, I think. Mm. Mm. So, Pav, mm. can you bring yourself to say anything? Is there anything? We try to be balanced, but you're the yeah. guest, so if you don't have anything, that's fine. But um, is there, could you find even one hair on that beautiful Costner head out of place? <laughs> I honestly, I honestly can't think of anything wow. um no i can't i can't think of anything <laughs> that i can oh, say goodness. negative about that movie there isn't mm. there isn't i honestly i'm trying to seriously think of something i mean the brother-in-law is a bit of a douchebag but he's supposed to be a douchebag so you can't even yeah you cannot you cannot have a go at the movie for that because that is his job that is his Mm. job in the movie and the fact that he has a little bit of redemption in the fact that he does see them and believe Mm. okay when he does start believing the first thing he thinks of is you know we're going to be rich we're going to make a a hell of a load of money (laughs) so it is mr business again that's Mm. how he's thinking about it i can't i honestly can't think of anything i i just i just can't what about the fact that they go to a sporting event and a hot like a beer and a beer is like two quid I mean, that's, fair enough. That's pretty I mean, bad, isn't it? Back, back in those days, Josh, I can remember when it used to be a hot dog and a beer for two quid, you know? Instead of, instead of back now, in the like, days. Three items, only nineteen ninety nine. It's not, not a deal. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not a deal. Two, two pies and a beer. Um, uh, uh, what about you, Josh? Anything that you um, like about the film or perhaps would change? I just, I just thought it was rubbish. No, um, so... <laughs> you can say that, though, Josh, no, if you want. I wouldn't yeah, expect you to... For me... So no. for for me, it all it all folds into one thing, which is I think we could have done with, and this is something I picked on before, so maybe it's just a particular bugbear of mine, but I think more could have been done to outline the rules of the world. Now, you might say that actually the lack of rules is what drives it forward, because this is mm. the other side of the coin, which is something I, I don't think I've said before, but one thing that kept me engaged all the way through this is that they don't spoon feed you. He's just driven by this mystical sort of force and voice and feeling that he has to do these things. And some films now would be like, because of this, he Mm. has to do the thing. Oh God, in the Mm. end, it all ends up. Whereas, Whereas this is just like, no, he's just driven by this feeling. And I think what makes the end particularly emotive if 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 it got to you in that way, is that there's a realization of oh, what actually was driving him was grief and loss and mm. wanting to see his dad and and unfulfilled feelings and unfinished mm. you know stories and, and and all that sort of thing. But the other side of it is, I did it did leave him, me asking a couple of questions. So, for example, this went off in my at this point sort of went off in my head when you said about Archie and the and the doctor Alice, which is that I don't think it's that clear that he and old and young Archie are the same person. Now that again, that might be on purpose so that at the end you have that realisation you go, oh, it's the same guy. Do you not? Because when they're when when he's asleep in the back of the, the VW camper and they're driving down, they have a little conversation, Terence Mann and Ray Kinsella mm. saying, it's a bit weird about how he talks about 
you know, traveling up and down the country and just playing baseball because I haven't done that for years. Because no one does it for years, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that was the, for me, that was the, the thing. It's interesting yeah. what you're saying as well about the about the ending. Because those three statements that ease is pain, go the distance, and if you build it, they will come, they're so sort of ambiguous that you think that they mean this and they mean that and they mean this. And that scene at the end when he knows that it's his father that's there and the whole, I'm warning now, I will get emotional just talking about that (laughs) fucking scene. Because when he says, when he says to him, you know, is this heaven? He goes, no, it's Iowa. And then he looks over at his family and he says, well, you know, maybe this is heaven. You know, and then and then it gets. I'll, I'll tell you then. The one thing I find slightly schmaltzy is when he then says to his father, "Is there a heaven?" Mm. And then, but he turns to him, and then straight away I'm thinking to myself, "That's ridiculous." Because when he turns back and he says, "Oh yeah," he said, "Because that's what fucking hell." He says, "Because that's because he says that's where dreams come true," and then he just looks at his family again and, and says, "Well, then, then this is heaven," mm. and. That whole point, and because when they're coming to the realization that it is his dad, I think his his wife is over in the bleachers, and she says, "Ease his pain. This is what it's mm-hmm. all about. Go the distance." It all makes perfect sense that those statements that he was hearing in his head was nothing to do with Terence Mann. It was nothing to do with Shoeless Joe Jackson. It was all about him. It was all about his father. It was all about righting that wrong. His father wasn't there for him while he was a kid, and grew up really old, really fast. Mm. And he just had that moment and that whole, again, that whole moment. I'm going to go and watch it again because <laughs> I'm just, I just, I, I genuinely feel it's one of the greatest scenes ever committed to celluloid. Okay then, so let's move on to talking about the critical reception and then we will decide, well, I think we know where it's going, uh, if it's a classic or not. So... Alice, have you seen the critical reception? Have you managed to avoid it? I have managed to avoid it. Okay, what about mm-hmm. you, Pav? I must admit, I haven't looked, no. Good, good, good. That means we get so, to guess. Ooh. Alice, let's have a guess. Yes. What would you give it and how do you think it did? What would I give it? Probably, I mean, easily a late seven. I don't know, I don't know if it would creep, maybe, you know, I'll go bang on eight. I think okay. I'll go bang on eight. I'd probably give it an eight. It did have mm. quite an emotional impact on me. I did feel it was quite a unique, not only a unique story, but quite unique storytelling as well. I quite like the idea, the ambiance, like I said, Iowa at sunset. Oh, gorgeous. Um, so I did get quite a lot out of it and I would definitely recommend it to people as well. And I reckon it's a really good conversation starter because of the sort of various different aspects of it. Um, I would give it an eight. I reckon it probably got that. Like, or at least close to. I'd be surprised if it got much lower. Okay. Um, Okay. So I'll say, I'll say eight. I'll say bang on eight is what I'd give it. And I reckon that's what it got. All right. Okay. Uh, Pav, what about you? Uh, What what do you obviously think it's perfect? I'm going to go a 9.5. Wow. Although I suppose if it's if it's perfect, it should be a ten. But I'm going to exactly. go nine point five because nothing is a hundred percent perfect, is it? Nothing is. Well, meet me in St. Louis. I'll tell you. I mean, you, what, time? what time? What <laughs> <laughs> time? It take me a while to get there, Alice. But uh... it got it got hundred percent when we did that. Did it really? Six. It did. Yeah. Okay. My day. But in regards but yeah. to like the critics, see, yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether it was whether it was like It's a Wonderful Life and whether it when it came out was it. 
classed as a was it appreciated sort of then or, mm. or not? I mean, I would I would say I think I agree with Alice. I'm going to say it's going to be around about an eight. Okay, let's have a look for, for that. Yeah, let's have a look. So at the time of recording on IMDb, it gets interesting to see the reaction to this. Seven point five. Oh my god. It's not miles away. Over on Rotten Tomatoes, though, pulling it oh. back, this might this might make you a bit happier, Pav. The audience give it eighty six percent. Ooh. And yeah. the critics, <gasps> critics, the critics, the critics, give it eighty eight percent. Ooh. So wow. That, that averages out at eighty three or eight point three. So oh, okay. not too far Close, but no cigar. Just, just over yeah. what Alice said. So, Alice, is mm-hmm. that fair? And is it a classic? I mean, yeah, I def, I definitely think that that is fair. I think it, it's, it's a good film. Like it just is. Like it's, it's a well-made film. It's a well-told story. That should um, be on the poster. <laughs> it's a just, good film. It's a film. Yeah. <laughs> you want a film? I've got one for you. This is a film. Yeah. Um, is it a classic? I think, I think yes, because I think you can know so much about it without having seen it. I think the idea of the ghosts being on the baseball field, I'm sure I've seen that in Family Guy. And I know this is always like the point of reference to, oh, is it a classic or not? Well, they parried it in Family Guy, so I guess it must be. Um, but it just, it felt really familiar. The quotes felt felt really familiar. Um, and I think it has, it, it obviously had a real impact on people. I think in the same way that it's had an impact on Pav, like I think that that might be, sort of quite a strong feeling amongst the people who did like this film and it's like really stayed with them because it is quite an emotional story but just told in such an interesting way. Um so I would def I reckon it is definitely a classic, personally. Okay. Pavard, do we even need to ask? <laughs> no, but I did just realise if you've got any American uh Listeners, or even people people watching it on the uh, on the YouTube. Oh my god! You know, <laughs> on the, does that on say? the on the internet? On the yeah. internet. I just realised just what sacrilege my uh, I'm wearing a LA Dodgers cap and a New York Yankees top. I must <laughs> imagine that people there are tearing their hair out. I think there's uh, riots. But, <laughs> I think I think there will be. Yeah. I think, what the hell is he doing? That's a terrible American. Act. I just can't do American accents. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, but how many Americans can do a Gloucester accent? You know what I mean? more, more than I can do an American accent. I know that for a fact. Mine always just sounds like um, Vic Reeves doing it. Why gotta gotta tell you? That just <laughs> never good. But yes, it's a classic, bona fide classic. I agree. I agree. I Way. think we can, we can safely say this. At the end of the day, it comes down to it's it's infiltrated culture in a way that you know stuff about this film without having have to have seen it. Mm-hmm. So I think that says it all. And similar to you, Alice, I think it was just a great, it was a great time. Lovely, lovely mm. sort of Sunday afternoon, cup of tea, pop this on after the roast sort of film. It's a great film. It's a Christmas day film. Do you know what I mean? It's one oh, of them. I think in a couple of ways as well, it is quite timeless. Yeah. Because mm. like it does still feel relevant. It's not necessarily just dealing with things that were happening in the late 80s. And when, like when they're talking about like banning the book and stuff, I was like, oh yeah, that's very relevant today. <laughs> so that was interesting. So it's like the themes and the ideas that it deals with, I think, do like la- they're lasting, mm. aren't they? It's not like, oh, well, this was only relevant back then and it, you know, I don't really get it now or whatever. It, it is obviously it is set when it's set. It's not like it is set in the 80s because he talked mm. about the year he was born and all that. But like we've talked on before, it's not one of those films that's set in the late eighties where they've gone. This is in the eighties. <laughs> look at this. Yeah. Look at all these. Look at these fucking eighties songs and eighties clothes. It's like mm. 
it's it's like you say it is timeless because mm. it doesn't look like it is from that particular time. So yeah, we're all agreed. Classic. Yay! Ring the bell if you want. <laughs> there are there are, that's only for double entendres and oh, is it? and things like that. So you got to be a bit mucky if you want me to do that, Josh. Say some stuff. say some mucky. Come on, Josh. Um, I'd like you to plow my field of dreams. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Very good. Perfect. So, as we said, Filled with Dreams is a classic path. Where can people look out for your stuff? Thank you very much for coming on. Oh, obviously. Thank you very much for having me. Not it's the first a... time, won't even be the last. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> um, yeah, um, just on the socials, top 10, at top 10 pods. Um, and obviously, all your podcast providers, just Indeed. look for the top 10 of anything podcast. Um, thank you. And I'm sure we'll have you back uh, as well, guys, because uh, I love you. Thank you very much. We, we love you too. And uh, when you come back on to uh, talk about Waterworld, I will, of course, be on holiday. I can't um, wait, honestly. Very excited. Let me tell you about the moments that I met, make me cry in that movie. <laughs> oh, uh, Pav, thank you very much. Thank, thank you very you, much. Pav. Thank you. Well, there we go. Another classic done. Field of Dreams. Lovely little film, that, Alice. I think I'm glad you picked it. And oh, yeah. uh, glad that you had Pav on as well because it was it was it was clear that his love for the film was was clear to see, and it's always nice when we have people on to talk about films like that. Do make sure you check out Top Ten. Uh, we'll put all the links in the episode notes, and we'll throw some stuff out there on the socials as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsinthatpod at gmail.com. We're over on Patreon. If you search for uh, just films in that pod, uh, look for us there. Any support you can give us is massively appreciated. Uh, loads of stuff out there, early episodes, bonus content, etc. Um, on all the social medias, as you know, search for just films in that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Where wherever you get your social media. I'll tell you what, Alice, we're on the television as well, aren't we? We are indeed. Every Friday evening from 6pm, you can find me and Josh talking about our favourite underrated and underseen films on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. I'm also uploading all the videos to Daily Motion. If you can believe it, if you know what Daily Motion is. I just don't believe it, Alice. You just don't believe it. (laughs) But if you search for just films and that on Daily Motion, you can see what exactly it is that we're doing. You can see us chatting about all our favourite underrated and underseen films. Yes, there we go. Lots of ways to see us, hear us. And thank you very much, as ever, for listening. Uh, See you next week. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.